You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. And it's Wednesday night, and that means it's time for... Football bloody hell. And our guests tonight include little cuddly Ricky Hyatt. Big cuddly Paul Thorpe. Even bigger cuddly me. And former Yeovil central defender Tommy White. So get yourself a cup of tea, settle down, and we'll talk about the weekend's football. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And our guests today are, first of all, Paul Thorpe. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, everyone. Hope everybody's fine and dandy. Uh, I don't know about that. Tommy White's here with us. Hi, Tommy. Hello, everyone. Good evening, listeners. And finally, Ricky Hyatt's here. Hi, Rick. All right. All right, old dog. It is the others. It is the others, I'm telling you. So, a bit of a sort of a, a kind of a, an unreal situation that we find ourselves in, really, isn't it? That uh, across the other side of Europe, there's a war going on, and sport is getting very much dragged into it. I don't know if you've heard, but in the last about half an hour, I think, um, UEFA have banned Russia from uh, the World Cup. Well, everything, but the World Cup in particular. So, I suppose... Time. Quite, eh? took their time didn't they they certainly did but do we all agree with that uh sentiment absolutely 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah absolutely Could have done it days ago um yeah it's a no-brainer how can you you can't have that can you? no you can't can you? jesus no and i think i think one of the perhaps the most insincere moves is is roman abramovich offering to mediate between <laughs> the two countries what does he honestly think we're all complete idiots or what? I mean, he, all he's worried about is his money, isn't he? Dear, oh dear. So I don't know what you think. Anyway, yeah. that's that's my feeling on it. But we're well, certainly uh, then being put into this uh, situation with um, I forget the name of it now. Uh, the way the money they transfer the money around the world. Oh, Swift. Um, the Swift and that, yeah, certainly is going to put a muckers on his uh, business actions, and uh, and obviously with a with a huge amount of um, uh, money being needed to be transferred to a certain football club, so it's certainly going to affect them as well. I, I would imagine. I don't know exactly how it all works now. The finances of a billionaire work, but it certainly has um, 
you know, I don't, I don't think they can also, you know, I mean, he apparently is friends with Putin, but I don't see how that can uh, um, get in the way of, of all of his business uh, attributes, if you like. And um, certainly the tensions will start rising as the financial situation of Russia uh, worsens, I take it. And I, I don't know how it all works, but it would, you know, it would seem that um, uh, it's going to be extremely difficult for Russian people to, to afford things and also um, to be able to, you know, get their money out. The banks are going to suffer. Do you think, though, that the fact that uh, he owns Chelsea, I mean, is it unfair on the rest of Chelsea Football Club uh, that they they get penalised in, in whatever way is deemed necessary because he happens to own it and he happens to be Russian. So it should be. It's one of his assets. Yeah. So because that's the problem with having a, an owner like that, isn't it? Who's someone who's got sort of sole say or sole um, invested massively vested interest. That that's that's your risk. Yeah. Yeah. Found it, found it quite interesting that yesterday he said that he was passing uh, control or stewardship over to the Chelsea Charitable Trust. And then this morning they all said, well, hang on, we don't know anything about this. We're not signed up to this. Yeah. So he, he could be in danger of losing the whole thing altogether. Mm. If he isn't careful. Yeah, I mean, he's put in, what did they say, 1.5 billion over the years? A lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. He kind of, and I see, I didn't realise this, but and even a, a Liverpool sport like you, Paul, um, they were saying that they've 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 won more uh, trophies in however long time he's been there than any other club. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, he's been extremely successful with models, good, you know, and even though <laughs> the managers don't last too long there, he's um, been proven that he, he he wins trophies there, like so, and uh, you know, I know that the um, Chelsea fans that I know have been really, really pleased with the way their football club's been run uh, at the moment. And, um, you know, and it, it means that the, the fact they're winning trophies, and let's be fair, these fans want to win trophies, don't they? Like, so, um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. And uh, I hope it doesn't, you know, it's, it's the players and the fans that suffer, isn't it? Like, so, mm. um, you know, Abramovich. I mean, it doesn't help that everybody knows that he's a friend of, friend of Putin as well, does it? Like, so that's no. obviously going to add a little bit more pressure on him as an individual, I would say, um, than, than than other people who don't know Putin, if you like. <laughs> but uh, I say how it all works and 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 the, and the politics of it um, is far uh, above my pay scale. <laughs> Absolutely. Doesn't it just show though that if you lay down with dogs, you get fleas? You're happy to exploit the connection with Putin when it's all going well. I mean, Infantino over at FIFA, he's been virtually uh, inseparable from Putin for a long time. And now it's coming around. That's why FIFA was so late at, at joining in again. they the slowest organisation in the world. They didn't actually want to go down this road, I don't think, but they had, their hand was forced. And it's going to be a similar situation, ultimately, uh, to the apartheid situation in South Africa, I think, that... Gradually, bit by bit, the world's going to ostracise Russia. And if they want anything to do at any level, they're going to have to change what, they, uh, what their well, policies are. Apparently, in, a, in the US of A, they're not um, selling Russian vodka anymore. So they've, started, they've started heavy. Yeah, <laughs> go hit them where it hurts, straight away. <laughs> straight into the vodka. Yeah. 
Let's go. I've got I've got five bottles in here. I think so. I'm all right for a while. Oh, you're right for a while. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll see you up to lunchtime tomorrow, Adrian. Yeah. Okay, mate. Um, but no. But it, I, I think it's good that um, sport or football in general has has, has rallied round to the degree that it has. Certainly in, in moral support, if nothing else, because what they must be going through over there. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. I mean, I never thought in my day that I would, you know be doing this and a war in Europe I mean I think we probably all thought that you know that when the World War Two finished that was it for wars in Europe it's not going to happen but uh, you know suddenly it has and you know and, and for why you know just because he doesn't like the fact that they've said they want to join NATO I mean it's gone on for years though this hasn't it I think from what yeah. I'm listening to this has been in the making for you know, 10, 15 years, he's set out to do this from the start. Mm. Not, no, I mean, not, want, not wanting to get too political because this is obviously a, a sport and a football program, like, but, um, you know, I think that the biggest problem for for um, is Russia is the fact that they, or Ukraine, or Ukraine getting into Europe means that because NATO is predominantly an American run organization, Along with a lot of other countries as well, but it's dominantly is, is American. Is the fact that they they're saying that they can't have um, America being able to put missiles right next door to their country. And, and I, I totally get that, like, you know. But you don't need to go around and start killing innocent people. You know, I saw one the other day, like a 14 year old girl on a bike being killed, like by by a mortar. Mm. You know, that's 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 you know that should not be happening. And and if it, if it is one where he wants to take over. This, this shouldn't be allowed because, you know, no no country should be allowed to take over another one just for for sake of, um, you know, this, this democracy. You know, you know, I thought that in twenty twenty two that you know people could then start talking about it before we get to this stage. You know, and no no other normal general genuine person wants wants a war. Well, no, quite, but I think it's. Uh... It's, it's thankful that, that at least the UK, the Ukrainians, get it right, are fighting back pretty well. I mean, it, it would appear, although yeah. Russia have had a fair bit of land that they've grabbed, but uh, certainly the, the Ukrainians are giving them a bit of stick on the way. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't even seem like it's, it's, I'm not saying it's just him, but the Russian people don't even seem to want no. you know, this to be no. taking place. So, protest. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, no, we only see what we what we are shown. But um, you know, what what does that say? You know, if your leader of your country is just going off on a well, not whim, obviously, but just doing his own thing, has got his got his own agenda. I mean, I know he doesn't matter. He gets back in no matter what. But um, but yeah, it's just another world, isn't it? We, we we can't even fathom it. I suppose is that they're led by, you know, they're not allowed to have their own opinion in effect. But there, there might be there might be a positive outcome of all this. This might finally be the the straw that breaks the camel's back, as it were, that the Russian people don't That's put right. up with the way that Putin's been running. Because he's changed. You said then, Tom, he'll get in again. The original, yeah. you you could only have two terms. He's yeah. the same as most democracies throughout yeah. the world. He's changed the rules. He he can get in again and again and again because he's changed the whole system to benefit himself. Now. Yeah. One person can't do that. Russia's massive. Yeah, you know, if, if they were to, if the people were to revolt, if the peasants were revolting, I don't think you'd have an awful lot of uh, 
support from within the country even. Well, he hasn't got yeah. all of it now, for a start. I mean, there's an awful exactly. lot of people Exactly, that's what I mean. Not everybody wants this. This is just his, his crusade. He's, he's a loony. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. And I mean, you know, it's worrying though when he starts making threats with regard to nuclear stuff, albeit some of they're not, they've got smaller nuclear um, weapons. I saw a thing on the telly yesterday. So at least, but I mean, you know, even so, start threatening nuclear. I mean, if he starts doing that, it's pretty obvious that he's going to get a, a visit from America. Yeah, all, with all due respect, small or larger, it's a nuclear bomb and we don't want that. I mean, no. that would be absolutely crazy talk to even think about you know why do they make why do they allow people to even make those things you mm. know what i mean if we can't get on in this world then there's something seriously wrong but it keeps on rearing its ugly head and one day you're going to have somebody who's going to push the button and that and that's going to be terrible for mankind you know what i mean it's uh it's going to make the two two ones about like you know we've you know, we've had Chernobyl. You know, that was that was a terrible thing where it killed millions of people. You're having really, trouble, Tom. Without even realising <laughs> it. You know, we, we've had we've had lots of things go wrong in this world. We don't need another one. Well, Chernobyl's part of it, isn't it? It's 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 in it's in you, yeah, right? So it's just another disaster, and unfortunately, more it's just waiting to happen, disaster. isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just something that that, that genuine people, hardworking people, just shouldn't have in this world. It's enough troubles and strains in the world without. Going down, you know, all, all that route as well. It's quite disturbing, I find. I know it's only been going on for a, about a well, not even a week. I don't think is it yet. But, but do you think that ultimately, I mean, if it goes on for too long, there's going to be even more um, ramifications for sport in general if it keeps going on. I think for, for Russian sport, for de definitely because you know the longer it goes on, the more the financial restraints will kick in into Russia. And hopefully, more you know, the, the the general public will actually want him out. You know, I'm hoping that there'll be a quick turnaround of when they see the financial side of it. Because I mean, they're already trying to get their money out of all the banks, aren't they? So, mm. you know, if the banks go bankrupt, then um, then then the, then the whole country is in interest. Interest rate in Russia is something like twenty one percent. They're trying to yeah. protect their protect their. They did it straight away today, didn't they? My yeah. son's got uh, got a, a friend that works for a, a Russian company in Moscow, and he was speaking to him the first day of the sanctions were put in place, and he's uh, in the morning, and he said as soon as the sanctions were put in place, people were queuing up at the banks to get their money out, and and the cash machines weren't performing very well, and that was just the first mm. day, so you know it's 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 uh... anyway. Let's shall we move on to uh, football. And uh, we better give Paul your moment of glory because you just won a trophy. Um, <laughs> and, Congrats. Uh, yeah. I don't know what we all thought of the game. I, I didn't see all of it. I saw a reasonable amount of it. I've got to say, I, I thought it was a fantastic... Uh, you thought to think about the fantastic nil-nils. I remember years and years ago going to a Liverpool-Everton uh, League Cup final and that was an amazing game as well. You know, and it ended up nil-nil and... Uh, you know, this was this was equally as good, um, as very very tight. Where the old the old refereeing decisions would have like meant there were probably more goals in the game, but VAR sort of reared its uh, ugly head and cancelled a few out and um, and a, a few offsides as well. Like so, it was, I thought it was a really excellent game. 
and quite pivotal when a big decision was made to take off a keeper who's been absolutely magnificent in the game. He's six foot four um, and looks a real presence in that goal uh, for uh, penalties. And uh, I thought it was a really bizarre decision. And I know the Chelsea fans are not happy about it. No, well, it's, it's, it does beg the question. I think if if you're picked to play in the team, you're in the game, you've played, you know, virtually the whole game, and then suddenly pull you off because it's going to be penalty kicks. Uh, it, it doesn't. Uh, it's a bit of an insult to to Mendy, I think, really. Um, you know, because he's not a bad keeper for, for goodness' sake. Uh, and who's to say well, that? Oh, you know. He, to, so, oh, sorry, I was just going to jump in there. To I, I heard an interview with uh, Tucho, um today and he was saying that they spoke about it before and they were always going to do it unless they'd already made their five subs because during the week with the way that Chelsea train um, Kepa is always out every single day doing penalties with the players um, and uh, Mendy doesn't get that opportunity to because he's training more so with the first team and doing other things and that Kepa basically gets like five times the amount of penalty training that Mendy does and he's been brilliant at them in training for months and months and months. And they were always going to do that. So they said, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, he never saved the penalty. The other keeper neighbor never saved the penalty. Um, and I know we're discussing it because he's missed one, um, but neither of them saved one. I mean, there was a couple that looked quite close. Um, but, you know, if it's, if it's a Liverpool that hits it over the bar or, or you know, we're, we're not having this conversation. So... I accept it, and I, I kind of agree in terms of it's like uh, you know years ago this would have been unheard of. Wanted to take your best goalie off and put someone else in goal, but you know you can see the reasoning behind it if he's had that much penalty saving experience and how how much better he's proved himself to be at saving penalties than than Mendy. Well, he should have had a bit, bit taken him, shouldn't he? Well, yeah, that's the they probably never thought it would get to that. that yeah. That was I thought that I thought David De Gea's penalty in the Europa League final was the was the worst goalkeeper penalty I'd seen, but I don't think this one's landed yet. There's a <laughs> there is it has because some fans got it, a Liverpool fan got it, got the ball. Well, yeah. nicked it. There's a surprise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But what thing I found amazing about it about the whole the whole thing, looking at the, the fallout from the game and, and all the consequences. If you can uh, let in... How many how many goals did Chelsea have disallowed by VAR? Two? Three. Right? Two Chelsea yeah. goals? Three. Okay, so if you can concede those goals, then concede ten in a penalty shootout and then come out of that fixture as the best number two goalkeeper in the world. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Mr. Klopp. Does talk such an awful lot of absolute poo. He did, in fairness, you know, I'm a man of fact, but he did make a couple of good saves. Well, obviously, he's, so he's, the, second, he's the best number two goalkeeper in the world, then. Well, United have got an England international on the bench. I would imagine every other club in the Premier League's got a better number two goalkeeper than Liverpool. He only looks about nine. <laughs> <laughs> I think he looks extremely calm, and I think he gives a nice aura behind the old defence, and he's. I, uh, I think I've seen him make one mistake since he's been actually uh, 
you know, I think he's, he's an exceptionally good number two to have, personally, you know, but... Uh, so, if let's have a question, then. If Alisson got injured for, like, a year, would you be happy with him in goal as their number one? Yeah, I, I personally would, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is that just because the alternatives are Adrian and... Um, no, I think Adrian did really, really well when he came in, didn't he? Adrian did yeah. really, really well. But this, there's this calmness of, of this guy. He's really good with his feet. He's, um, you know, he, he's, he's covering behind the defence. He's really good. Not just about his save making. At the end of the day, Mendy made a most unbelievable double save. Yeah. You know, and I still don't know how he saved it. Um, you know, looked back at it a couple it. of times today. Just hit him, really, didn't it? He, he just well, got up quickly and it hit him. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, you've got to make that luck. And he made that luck. And the boy, he's, he's sharpness is getting up. Because look, he's six foot four. He's a big lad. And, you know, he, he got up really quickly and for himself. And, yeah, it did hit him. But, like, you know, if you don't if you don't try, you don't make that luck. And uh, I thought it was a tremendous save. And, um, you know, I think that, for me, the, the, the player in that moment, as well as he was playing, even though I, I you know, they made a decision before, I still think it was the wrong decision, personally. Like, you know, I'd much rather have a, a player in the game who, who's on fire, ready to go and hooked up, than somebody like coming in fresh and a little bit cold, trying to get. And he was warming up all the time, wasn't he? Like, just to try and get himself going. Um, to, to, I, you know, I, you know, I know it's all about opinions, but I, for me, that was a big, big mistake. It's just it's the irony of the fact that that three years ago he wouldn't come off when he was injured. Yeah, 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 and yet he turns around and expects to come on because he's a specialist penalty expert. I mean, the lads, the lads, hopeless, absolutely hopeless. Most expensive goalkeeper in the world. That. Apparently, someone's mm. trying to buy him another Premier League team for about fifty million. Really? Yeah, I don't know. They, who. Could, they could buy the uh, the best number two goalkeeper in the world for that. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Why would they waste it on Kepa? Oh, Considering the amount of possession that Liverpool had, I was rather surprised that they didn't manage to score. Though, um, you know, the bits I saw anyway. I mean, as I said, I hate I didn't see the whole game, but I did see large portions of it. And Liverpool were knocking it about and seemed to have the majority of the possession. So I would have thought yeah, think... they would have perhaps scored well, more. Sorry. You know? Yeah, I was going to say Chelsea seemed to defend it like sort of five quite tight defensively. And... Quite happy to sit quite deep, weren't they? So, yeah. um, you know, it with, did with look almost defenders. like Chelsea were paying for them if they've got that yeah. strategy. Mind, yeah, then there was a period where they, yeah, there was a period in the first half where Chelsea literally had about four touches, and every one of those was like a long clearance. And Liverpool were just yeah. camped in their half, gun ball passes sideways, putting balls in the box, and Chelsea were just hacking it clear to no one. Um, and it just kept coming back, but yeah, like you said, they, they couldn't. They couldn't breach their defence. But let's not forget, so well Chelsea are orders. the world champions. So, you yeah, know, exactly. uh, uh, they have got that uh, particular honour that they can flash around people if, if they get criticised. But that's never really worked, does it, the whole world club thing? They've tried it a number of times. I mean, United went to China, wasn't it? And yeah. The other side of the world and, and played in it and didn't play in the FA Cup. But it it's just because FIFA are so jealous of the Champions League, they want to get something on a global scale that it just doesn't have the kudos <coughs> excuse me because the, no, the, the Champions League is the biggest club competition so being world uh, club champions it doesn't really have to carry the same weight as being the Champions League winners I don't think 
But in no. fairness, you don't get into you don't get into that World Cup thing unless you've won the Champions League either. Yeah. So they're just going off the back of that, aren't they? Trying to get the best yeah. team straight into it. Yeah, it's, it's never gonna... when, when you've got competitions that aren't yeah. up to the standard of the Champions League. It's obviously who's gonna yeah. who's gonna yeah. win that. It's gonna be whoever is the Champions League holders. Yeah. Bearing in mind the way that you've played and you've now won a trophy, Thorpey, um, do you think Liverpool are going to win anything else this season? Quadruple, yeah. Oh, yeah, the quadruple. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the quadruple, yeah. Um, only time will tell. I think he'll just flip the, the old cliche, but I think he'll just take it one game at a time and uh, and, and see where it takes us, really. Like, I mean, listen, look, you know, Man City are extremely strong still. Um, I do think that in, in Liverpool's favour is the fact that he is desperate to win the Champions League. Um, so I think he might put a stronger team out for, for those games, um, which may play into our advantage. Um, you know, and we've got to go there and play them. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops, how the manager decides on whose personnel to play in which games. Um, it's going to be exciting. You know, I think it's also. Exciting for the to see who's going to be in the top four, um, you know, and to see who actually gets relegated. It's quite interesting. You know, I've always said that the championship for me is the most exciting league in the world, but it's, um, it's you know, the, the, the Premier League is certainly interesting this year to see how it develops at both ends. Well, new question How come Manchester United didn't score a goal on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> Same reason as Liverpool did. You can't be rude. Well, but in fairness, they should have done. Ronnie, Ronnie missed two absolute sitters. I mean, mm. sitters. Yeah, and what, what was Bruno thinking when he could have squared it instead of going for glory? Mm. Yeah. I think he was thinking, I'm going to score. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but I mean, it, it just you know, shows that, yeah. first, that first goal is so important. That's that's why yeah. you make. If United had been two 0 up, you wouldn't have made the same decision, you know, it would, because it wouldn't have been as wouldn't have been as crucial. But in the last, I was reading somewhere today. I think United have created more chances than anyone in the Premier League over the course of the last four games, but still managed to score. Really? Mm. Not very many. Yeah, yeah. It's chance creation. Wow. They're right up. Just can't put the ball away. Which, when you consider the irony of having the leading goal scorer ever in the history of world yeah. football up front for you. It sort of doesn't tally, really, but there you go. It is what it is. Also, how do you find, you know, uh, Sancho? Sancho seems to have come into a little bit of form lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look he's, getting, good. Getting, he's getting a run of games, isn't he? Do you know, it's just, it makes yeah. such a difference for, for you to know that you're going to be on for at least 60, 70 minutes of the game, hopefully a bit more, and you'll probably be starting a week after it. You know, it just unleashes the pressure off you. If, if that's been said to him, I don't know. But obviously, with what's happened to Mason Greenwood, it's allowed him to probably think, "Oh, hang on a minute, I'm going to get a run here." So, you know, it's um, it's obviously helped him in that front, and uh, it makes sense. Well, it did. He's played, he's played the last three games, he's been absolutely well. Watford aside, he's been uh, United's best player in most of those games. Yeah, it has. But so he's finally it's... looking like the player they paid the money for. It takes. It's so depressing, though, when you sat... I, mean, I, you, I didn't have the luxury of a fire stick, as uh, my friend Mr White did, but um, I listened to it on MUTV, and, and 
it is so frustrating when you can't even see the thing and then you hear these charts after charts after charts going missing and oh god it's so frustrating because you're desperate for the win and then just it's not happening is it that football cyclical it'll come again it's just the, it's just the way it is at the moment don't forget united we've yeah. covered this week after week united are, are papering over the cracks of all yeah. the um glazer years of mismanagement it's not been a football club since about 2004 it's a theme park it's a joke and it needs sorting for me, out for me again trying to harp on the man united sort of um down that avenue too much but man united are five or six world-class players away from liverpool chelsea and man city yeah. five or six Very probably 100 percent mm. five or six world-class players talking top level players to, to be anywhere near those three teams yeah no you're not wrong you're not wrong they are move it on Adrian. look at the bench look at, at United's you know, bench at the weekend yeah yeah Mata well it's a departure lounge isn't it at Mata the moment started didn't he sorry it's a departure lounge at the moment isn't it they're just waiting those are the ones that are going to be gone at the end of the season yeah those players that are on the bench. And about time too, United need to sort it. <coughs> but that's a big overhaul, wouldn't it? You think if Mata goes, Matic goes, Pogba goes, Lingard goes, mm. and we sell the ones that are out on loan, I mean, that's that's a lot of players to replace. Yep. I'm sure that's, that's what required. Sorry? Do you think that's required? Yeah. yeah that's the state they need to have let the club get into. They need to replace those with starters and then some of the starters that are starting now become subs. Yeah, put under pressure. To, to get you know, anywhere near... competition for places, don't you? I mean, look, at that, club, and I think... look at that Diaz. I mean, how is it taking so long for someone to go for, take a punt on him? Hmm. Well, the I other mean, one... I, the, one, one real deal. the one I can't get my head around is £37 million for Ahmad Diallo. Uh, he's had what two, three games, I expect, if if you're that. And now they've dumped him over onto Rangers. He can't get in, and he's in and out of the range. I mean, 37 million. What was that all about? Unbelievable, mm. isn't it? Really? He looks it at the moment, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's, oh, it's depressing. Old, poor old Van der Bates can't believe his luck. He's getting so much football now. <laughs> and he's looking good as well. Yeah, he's looking like a good yeah, yeah, no. I think he is doing a good job. He's getting through a lot of work. His stats are good, apparently. So, well, maybe we'll, we'll benefit when he comes back. You know, at the end of the season. I'm assuming he comes back at the end of the season. I suppose he will. But yeah, I'm wondering whether he will or not. Mm. But I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to switch it a minute because we're running out of time again. So uh, be ready for it, chaps. Okay. Um. Mm. Looking at my my list of topics, um, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Is it a list in very small writing? Over no, Maybe I'm just debating. He spilled. He spilled his food over it. <laughs> <laughs> he started oh, on that vodka early. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, I was going to start on VAR, but I don't want to get caught in the middle of it. But we'll have to now. Um, Everton against Man City. How in the world is that not a penalty? Because the ref never give it. <laughs> yeah, all right. But mm -hmm. 
But I mean, <laughs> God, dear, oh dear. What's the point of VR if you still can't see it? Absolutely. Well, it's only, we said before, it's only as good as the person who's uh, using it, and he's made a massive cock-up. I, mean, I was heard um, uh, today Lampard talking about it, and uh, he, he sort of, he, he said, I just cannot believe, even when we've gone to VAR, that the person on the other end has actually got it wrong. Mm. Said, I, I just cannot believe it. So my three, he said, my three-year-old daughter could have got that right. He wants well, an explanation, don't he? Because VAR is supposed to be your stopgap, your failsafe. It will make sure that there are no serious errors being made, and it's it's just not doing that. Yeah, and I it's think not even one of um, Ronaldo's looked the one that he, he claimed. I mean, that looked like a penalty to me. I don't know what you thought, Tom. You saw it. Uh, to be honest, I don't remember seeing that. I might have been, I might have been uh, hmm. hopping out to the fridge at that point. <laughs> Well, checking, looked, the, checking, it, checking outside your window, Tom, see if the rosas are there with your illegal stream. Checking the, check, check the stock levels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Russian investments. But it does beg the question, you know, what is the point of it if, if, if this is the best they can come up with all the time? You know, are they going to make any improvements to it next season? I don't know. But, I mean, it's probably not the system that's wrong. It's the people operating that's wrong, isn't no. it? No. It's the people, I think, people Yeah, I, I think they make alterations, but I don't know if there'll be improvements because, like you said, at the end of the day, if the person who's watching it, I, I can't, how could, I mean, I'll be honest, I never saw it until um, yesterday afternoon because I was in a hot tub when I was watching that, a little bit of it on the phone. And I didn't watch the end of it, but I had, um, I don't know if you've heard, have you, any of you heard of those last man standings, the £10 football thing? No. No? Oh, well, I have man City. It's basically, you, you pay £10 and a group of you mates, uh, you all pick a team and when like at the start of the season, say you start and if your team goes through, you pick a different team in the Premier League to win the next week and a different team the week after and you basically keep going until one of you's left and you the, the one who's left takes the money. So if you pick a team and they lose, you go out obviously. So it's round for round. When there's one I've entered and there are 1,650 people in it. All right. But, so sixteen and a half thousand pound for the winner, and I, I this week picked Man City, so I, I was sweating a bit for a little while. <laughs> so if I'd have seen that handball, I would have been a, I would have had a but, few heart flutters going on. Going so back to this same old argument I have about this all the time about them being mic'd up or whatever. I'd like to hear the explanation as to why that wasn't a penalty. Mm. Yeah, whether it's yeah. the right decision or the wrong decision. I'd like to hear what was going through that bloke's mind to make him make that decision. Well, it's and two, why they two blokes' minds, isn't it? Not one, two. Because yeah. you've got the referee yeah, yeah. on the pitch and the one at Stockwell. Yeah. And the referee went back and had a look at it and then still decided yeah. that it wasn't a ball. That's just madness. They shouldn't be doing the job. No. If you get something that basic wrong, why are you doing the job? Well, yeah. precisely, I quite agree. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But there we go. It's the way it is, I suppose. But it's very Do we know who that was who, made, who, who did this one at the weekend, Everton? Um, was it Kevin Friend? Not sure. Much. Do you know who the referee was between Man City and Everton, Paul? No, not not the ref, the guy at VAR. Cause that's oh, I don't know. Like if, in fairness, Lampard said, I asked the ref, and the ref said from his position he couldn't see the ham. Now. Yeah, the Lampard couldn't said that the ref couldn't see uh, the handball from where he was, and he said that's fair enough. I understand that. He said, but surely 
the person on the VAR, when it went there, they would have seen it because it's clear as day. It's below the shirt line. He said, I need an explanation. He said, I can't get too carried away with this because you know what it gets like. I just need someone to explain to me why that's not been given. So he, he was he was less than pleased. Well, I know it was a bit um, iffy to say the least. Um, I wanted to talk about yo. I want to talk about yo a bit, chaps. Um, yeah. Because I I get that there's a few um, on social media at the moment messages going around and it it really does sound as though people are beginning to really 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 lose their cool and lose their patience with what's going on. Um, you know, we all want the best for Yeovertown for, for a various number of reasons that we do. Um, but at the moment, it's just gone completely quiet. There's no sound coming from Mr. Priestnell. There's no sound coming from Mr. Jenkins. There's no sound coming from anywhere. What do we all think about it? Because, you know, the way it's going, the season's not that far away to, you know, from the end. Players' contracts have got to be negotiated. We've got some quite good players there now, but we want to keep them. If we don't get a move on, they're going to go. Any ideas? It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. It just this seems to happen every so often on a bit of a cycle, don't it? Everything goes quiet. You don't hear from Priestnell. Um, nobody knows what's going on. It just seems to keep happening on like a four, five, six weekly cycle, and then we're no further down the track, and nobody knows what's going on, and. Yeah, the thing about it as well is that is the fact that it's not just the, the players are uncertain, you know, and, and their agents will get itchy feet and they'll try and get them placed elsewhere. But it's also the manager as well. You know, he, he whether he stays or whether he goes, you know, as you talk about him actually leaving the football club, you know, um I've heard rumours that 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 would be a good thing because that you know who possibly might be coming in. Nobody's mentioned any names, but they, you know a source says that it's somebody of high profile um, with the new owners. So you know, I did say a few weeks ago that I didn't think now that he would sell until the end of the season. But but that also puts you know the, the players and the managers kind of contractual for you know reasons uh, all in jeopardy. So he doesn't, doesn't that wait until then for me? Sorry. If you wait until the end, of, if you wait until the end of the season, because I could understand, say, not doing anything until the FA Cup run was over, because obviously you yeah. don't want to try and take a few quid up. But the only thing is now it is just till the end of the season. But doesn't make that make it harder to sell because of, of like you say, all the all the issues, the contractual issues and things. Doesn't it make the football club less attractive? Um. Oh, I don't really know. I don't see the I don't see the point of waiting to the end of the season. You know, I don't. It, it, it's more viable to do it now, um, so that the, 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 the new people can get things in place. But he obviously doesn't think about that, and you know, his, his decision making I, I find a little bit nauseating at times. But um, um, because you know, it, it's, it's making like I say, it's an uncertain future for the football club, and also it's not, make, more... not making football decisions. No, well, <laughs> level is it? It's, it, it's, it's going against man. what would actually help him sell the club if he were to make yeah. different decisions than what than what's happening at the moment. Mm. Right. Being a businessman and being a businessman running football is two completely yeah. different, you know, kettles of fish. I mean, 
you know, I, I, I've, I've said for a long, long time, you get a fantastic businessman, you give them a football uh, club, and it all, it's almost like they pick their brains out, and, uh, you know, and there's ones that love the football club, and they pile money into it, and all of a sudden they're in more financial difficulty, and, you know, it, it, it's just a very, very specialised way of running football clubs, now, especially nowadays, and um, um, there's a lot of different models of doing that, but at uh, a lower level, you need to balance your books. And, um, you know, we're not very good at doing that, unfortunately, which puts our club in jeopardy quite a lot. And, uh, you know, it actually, like to say, leaving the football club unsold to the end of the season, does it make it less viable or a buy? I don't know. It means that we'll be in more financial debt. And if somebody's got more money to plow into the club, you know, then we won't be in such a bad financial situation when they do take over. So, for me, I think it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I never thought that he would want his money out of the football club now. It's obviously going to be beneficial to him to uh, sell at a certain rate, which means he'll, he'll get his million or so out of it. And, um, you but, know, and uh, then the football club can move on. One thing I noticed on Saturday, uh, during, I can't remember whether it was the post-match interview or whether it was during the game, I think it was the post-match interview, Darren Saul himself mentioned that they got a six-figure sum for uh, Joe Quigley. Now, yeah. six figures is at least 100 grand. Now, I mean, A, I think that's very good business, to be honest, for... But quickly, I mean, he's not a bad player, but I, I don't know whether. Judging by his performance on Saturday, it's excellent money. Yeah, you know, but um, the trouble is when you've got a big, big sum coming into it and the whole thing's stalling, then you start to get questions being asked. Well, why is it stalling, and what's happened to the underground, and is that paying for the wages? What's happened to it? You know, uh, it, it's all a bit sort of. Um, but people, are, you, you've only got to look at Facebook. The number of people on there that are really beginning to question the the motives of what's going on behind the scenes and they want to know what's going on. The, the silence is deafening and people are getting fed up with the silence being deafening. It's continual mm. silence though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean? I mean, you know, what is going on? Where's the day-to-day -day running of it? What's, where is he all the time? I mean, I tried to get hold of Sam Collard today uh, about something totally different uh, and his, his phone just rang and rang and rang. So then I tried Mark Robinson and his phone just rang and rang and rang. Well, that's not very professional from the point of view of the football club that you can't even get through to anybody. The, pro the problem is, though, is that the Overtown Football Club, you know, for it is as as it looks professional on the pitch, you know, at times, and, and, and but behind the scenes, you know, it really begs belief how that football club is run, you know, and it's uh, it needs to be, you know, running on a skeleton staff at that football club. Um, because of obvious reasons, financial reasons, and now we've got a little bit of money, hundred grand. Well, Tom will tell you, hundred grand in football doesn't last five minutes. No. no. Um, you know, he's, he's questioned the fans about not turning up, and the reason it's not happening is because the fans don't turn up. But well, he's not getting on their side. He doesn't do any work in the community. Um, it, it does need a complete and utter overhaul the whole football club, and. Um, and you need real football people in there to do it. You know, you get back in, we talked about last week, actually, about, you know, how important the community is for the football club and how football clubs are great for the community as well. And, um, but you do need that community connection to make a football club run properly. 
you know, with his fans, you know, and getting the fans back in there. You know, we talked about giving away free tickets, didn't we? About mm. getting, you know, the kids back in because they're our next supporters. And uh, um, but nothing seems to be happening at all. And you just can't leave a football club stagnant and not do nothing. But equally, you, you would beg the question: if Preston's not going to say anything, what about Mr. Jenkins? Why isn't he coming on and saying something? He must know what's happening. I don't know. But is you know that that presumption really in thinking that well he's the only only person in in you know who's going to buy that football club it might well what, be that he is why why would he make a lot of noise Edge because if he if he hangs on till the end of the season admittedly there'll be more work to do slightly but if he's surely the price for a team that finishes fifteenth or sixteenth would be less than if Yeovil. He'd have bought them when they were seventh or eighth or whatever. Well, so yeah, it, but wouldn't, wouldn't, you have, now, wouldn't you have agreed a price by now at this stage of the? You'd have thought due, so, due but then again, yeah, but you, you can't assume anything, can you? Because the, the no, whole thing no. is shrouded in mystery. And yeah, but they they could say that they could it's announce that, couldn't they? Uh, you know, some some has been agreed, but they're not taking it over to the end of the season, isn't it? For tidiness, it's, it's the total lack of any. Communication. Contact or any news or communication, and that is exactly what's frustrating everybody about it. Somebody it's dis- somewhere it's must disrespectful. know it's disrespectful. Mm. It's disrespectful yeah, it to be so uncommunicative. Of course it is. Because they'll expect because the fans to keep coming to the matches once the new owners get in charge. They'll want the fans in there, big time. Of course it will. And the thing is, they'll want to come in. I reckon. I, I suspect that the fans are there's, yeah. there's a few out there that are just waiting for a change of ownership, and then they'll get behind the club. But it's, this this pause is doing nobody any good. No. No, that's true enough. It's not. But is it ever going to end? That's the point. Is it ever going to end? Oh, it'll end, Adrian. It always ends. One way or another, mm-hmm. it'll end. What yeah. about Leeds United? Is that all come to an end? It's ended, hasn't it? It's all come to an end. When's it going to end, Adrian? Well, I'll give up. When is it? <laughs> well, it's, it's a new start. Hmm. <laughs> What do we know about this um, new he had manager? To go, though. He, had, he had to go, didn't he, with the way that they were, you know, shipping goals. I mean, that's just that's yeah. ridiculous. You've got, to be, you've got to be burying your head in the sand to think it's okay to keep trying to play man mm-hmm. for man against teams that are clearly better than you. Mm. You know? I know they've not got their strongest team around at the moment. We all, we all know that. We've heard it said 300 times. But, but then why would you yeah. play the same way without that, you've got, those players? Exactly. That's, stupidity. Absolute madness. Stupidity, you know. You you let you let you let a ton of goals in week after week, and you just keep doing the same. But that Mm. is the amazing thing about the whole situation is the fact that he's come in with his his way of playing, which everybody knows the way that Bielsa plays, and teams always fade. And he's had an element of success with Leeds. And in fairness to him, he got that good success. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, into the Premier League where all the money is and then he's abject failing now or had been and yet the fans still have this cult of Bielsa where they he can do no wrong it's, a lot of them would rather have gone down with him still in charge rather than try and sort the situation oh, out I don't now. know I don't know I don't oh, know. Think... there's the yeah. funniest thing the best thing that's happened about this is it's upset Chris Moyles <laughs> Oh, that's, that, that's just made me laugh because there's somebody who knows nothing about football 
jumps on to what the support is like and thinks it makes him sound knowledgeable, and it doesn't. So mm. it's it had to happen, didn't it? Really, it had with those results. Whatever his yeah, legacy, even is, like my point. My point is like obviously there's a lot of managers in the Premier League and obviously lower leagues, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, who, who will rave about Bielsa and look up to Bielsa, and, and well, I understand that because. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. They all they all do. They all think he's a genius. Um, and that's fair enough. And obviously, to a degree, I suppose I did, within reason, from what I hear up until up until recently. But for someone who's supposed to be so highly intelligent in relation to football and um, tactics, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, how can you be so blindsided to Thing still is, carry on like that? In a, in a pure mad. football in a pure football sense. What did it go? Yeah, in a pure football sense, he is a genius, an innovator, whatever. But that doesn't translate to if you're in a football club, football yeah, club wants exactly. results. They want yeah. to go up the table. They want yeah. to win games. They don't want to be playing this marvellous no. style of football that ends up with you shipping four goals and losing every week. Fans exactly. ain't going to that. Mm. But it's interesting because, um, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be uh, upset if he got a job at Man United. There's not enough buckets there. They haven't got the bucket for him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone put one up for sale in Leeds, didn't they? Straight away. Yeah. <laughs> but let's be honest. If he came to Manchester United, we couldn't afford to pay for the interpreter, could we? That's the thing. Because I bet oh, he's on a good screw. Want to. You know. I say that. I say that. I would have had him until recently, and he, the, the, when he until he's acted like the way he has, we're just going playing like he has. But you'll see a good. Like you said, it will be a good brand of football while you've got your fit best eleven. Yeah, you but... certainly see a lot more effort and running. But it's surprising that he's actually stayed as hands-on with the team because Ralph Rangnick has got this reputation of the whole um, Gagan Press and all that being the innovator of that, but has stepped back from club management over the last five years. Whereas Bielsa's got his way of playing and his philosophy, yet he's, rather than move to a director of yeah. football sort of job, he's actually stayed hands-on, hands-on yeah. with the team. Yeah. And lost a lot of games. Yeah, and they're, all, they're, they're all the same, that the next manager's going to be Jesse Marsh. Yeah, it's already in, isn't he? He's already in. I've been trailing mm-hmm. him for two years, haven't I? Yeah, he's already in. Is he any good? Well, he's managed a lot in America, and then he was RB Leipzig manager. Leipzig, he, he, yeah. He, hmm. Leipzig, yeah. He left last Christmas or something, wasn't it? He he he's out of work at the moment. He won the league with Salzburg, didn't he? In Austria. Uh, they they won it quite a few years in a row, haven't they? I'm not well, sure. I think I think I heard somewhere that he maybe won it twice with them. So I, I don't know much about him, but I didn't um, see that. Has he, been, has he been confirmed as the manager? I thought he was. Yeah, I don't think he's confirmed, but it'd be amazing oh, if it's anything else. Yeah. He managed at Atalanta in the in the MLS. Hmm. Oh yeah, sorry. At, oh, Atlanta. At, Atalanta. Yeah, yeah. It's Atlanta's the Italian league, isn't it? They're playing tonight. Yeah. Mm. That was the way they are. Did we mention Romelu Lukaku's four four touches last week? I can't remember it all. Seven touches. Seven. seven Give him sorry, credit. Yeah. Seven. yeah. All right. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Sorry, Romelu. Four seven. right foot, three left. <laughs> well, Kepper only had one touch yesterday. <laughs> yeah. He didn't <laughs> put it over the bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently, um, I don't know if you've seen it on social media, but it said um, his tutels whispering in his ear, just. What does he say? Um, just make sure the pen, one of the penalties doesn't go in. 
So that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. I thought our keeper's penalty was outstanding. Who's? Liverpool keeper's penalty was outstanding. Well, it's yes. the second best, second best goalkeeper's penalty in the league, isn't it? Well, yeah, Absolutely. you'd expect that, wouldn't you, from someone like that, Ill? <laughs> Make the most of it, Paul. That's all I can say, mate. Make the most of it. Do you know how you can make a trophy go from being Mickey Mouse to being bigger than the World Cup? Let Liverpool win it. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just the first part of the quadruple. Cardiff did golden. He's a they get, get another Mickey Mouse treble like they did last time. Oh, it, it's scandalous. It, it's scandalous how you can play all your youth team players, all your young lads, and then the minute you get to the final, get all your big guns in. Mm. And then take the moral high ground and say, how could I drop the goalkeeper? He's played all the way through. He's got to play in the final. He dropped yeah. the other team. Yeah. <laughs> could be like it himself. Keep going, boys. No, Thorpey's <laughs> loving it. <laughs> Your time will come, Thorpey. Don't you worry about it, mate. Your time will oh, come. No. Absolutely. I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, well, I think you should do it. Next time in a final, Thorpey, they want to wear those white seats again. <laughs> yeah. Dust them off. Who they could ever remember that? They should do for a laugh. That would be funny. I see in the paper they said that poor old John Toshak's not uh, doing too well. On He's had COVID, apparently. He's had all the jabs. Yeah. But he's not doing too oh, well really? at all. Hmm. Which is uh, not nice. But I didn't realise just how many um, medals and stuff that uh, Toshak had won because they were saying about it on the news earlier today and they reeled off. I know Liverpool became dominant after he, in Europe and, and domestically after he'd left, but I didn't realise just how much he'd won alongside Kevin Keegan previous to that. Previous to that, but also he did really well at uh, Real Madrid as a manager. Yeah, that's right. And Swansea. Yeah. Yeah, Swansea. A full-blown Welshman, I tell you. Full-blown Welshman. Um, what about Arsenal? And Spurs come to that. Um, who's going to finish top out of those two? What, Not what top funny highest. team Spurs are, aren't they? What funny team. They beat Man City, lose to Burnley, which I mm. saw coming. Yeah. And then, mm. and, and then obviously, spanking leads, but everyone's spanking leads at the moment. But still, mm. still quite nice. Not sure about their kit though. Did you see that kit they wore the weekend? Yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? Not having that. Cartoon. The question is though, um, is Conte going to hang in there, or because I keep getting all these threats and rumours that he's going to quit, that he's had enough, and this, that, and the other? Do you think he will, or do you think you'll see? As long as the glue holds, he'll be there. Oh yeah, you're (laughs) about his boat race. The thing Syrup, is, one you? week before before he's saying how great the players are and everything and how happy he's there, and and the next week they lose to Burnley again. You can see it all ha- happening, and then he saying, "I'm happy to resign." Just here now, I'm happy to go. You I, think I he gets a little bit up. too high and a little bit too low, that chap? You want to you want to you want to calm down a bit, son? He needs a few pills. Oh. Yeah, unbelievable. He needs some he? medication. He certainly does get a little bit worked up on the touchline, doesn't he? Dear, oh dear. Um, You want to Netflix and kill. Yeah. But are Spurs going to finish above uh, Arsenal? Oh, that fourth spot. To be fair, the third spot. I mean, Arsenal aren't far behind Chelsea, are they? I don't think. They win those games, they'll be up there, won't they? 
But it's yeah. like nobody wants it. It's whoever no, gets just, it. They've got one I game in hand, they'll be two points behind Chelsea, Arsenal. Well, so I, I saw something in the, in the press over the weekend that said, you know, the way that teams are going for this fourth place and the shambles they're making of it, they ought to just have three guaranteed places and have the uh, FA Cup winners or, or something. Not the League Cup winners. They can push off because mm. that's just a Mickey Mouse trophy. Don't what FA Cup? Because we're, we're out of that as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but nobody seems to want it, do they? Um, but oh, Arsenal, right. Arsenal have got... Um, I mean, they've got some difficult games to go. I mean, they've got, um, they've got Liverpool at home soon. Leicester, Leicester at home. Arsenal at home. Um, well, then it's quite an easy one. And then Arsenal, Man United on a 19th of March. That could be could be a lot on that. I mean, Man United have got them twice, 23rd of April as well. Man United have got, got, got a hell of a March, though, haven't they? They've got a hell of a March, though. We've got Liverpool away, I think, City away, Tottenham at home. And City some... on Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Thank but, God yeah. for Spurs in the middle of that. But I tell you what, though, good signs... Mm. I mean, we played absolute pants against uh, Atletico Madrid, but we still got a draw. And I uh, always think, I always, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I always think if you've got a team that's playing poorly and still getting results, then you know there's hope for them. Yeah. So, you know, I it'll am, be a different game. It'll be a different game on the fifteenth uh, of March. What against who? Oh, Trafford. Well, Atletico Madrid. That's the that's the return leg. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Two weeks two weeks Wednesday. Was that yeah. Atletico side? What you watching that game? They didn't even look like professional athletes. They looked like a bunch of drug dealers and ne'er do wells and whatever. They didn't how um Simeone does it, I'll never know, because they did not look like professional athletes. And yet they outplayed, absolutely out, and with six missing from the regular first team, and they outplayed United. So Simeone's got something going at that club. Yeah. There's an article. Cross him, would you? There was an article in the paper oh, yesterday saying that. I still want Brendan Rogers. I'm sticking for Brendan Rogers. Really? Oh, good and Lord. I think and I think he's coming as well. Good Lord, no. I like him. <laughs> Brendan Rogers. His, no. his, Brendan play, Rogers. his teams play good football. They play good football. And I think with a better squad and some money, he'll he'll, he'll build a good team. Really? That's yeah, I do. One, right? I genuinely do. I really, really do. He, he works tirelessly with the team, and I think he'll build a good team and he'll play good football. I just, uh, I just hope we never find out whether you're right, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> who do you want? Who do you want then, Rick? At the moment, I, I go for. Um, I, I said originally in the summer, I said Lewis Enrique, but I can't see that happening. Although he has come in as sort of like third favourite. But does he know to... about the Premier League though? He's, he's, he ain't even good at Real Madrid. Well, I don't what, know, but when he, when he Barcelona. What I can yeah, tell you is, lads, that we are running out of time, and on that bombshell of Brendan Rodgers still being Tom White's <laughs> choice, I think I'm we're going to have to uh, call a halt <laughs> to the proceedings. Come on, Brendan. Well, good, good authority, Sam Allardyce is available. Who? <laughs> He's always available. Sam Allardyce is available. Oh, that's all right. He'll sort it out, Tom. Sam Allardyce, he'll sort it out. Anyway, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us again. Um, Tom, okay. thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, Good thank to have you. you back. Thank you, Mike. See you again, guys. Yeah, and Rick, and you, mate, and Tom. Uh, not Tom. No um, worries. What's his name? Paul. Paul. Thorpey. 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 <laughs> the Vindipper in the corner. Oh, yeah. Don't talk to him. Ignore him. Yeah. 
Good make the most, make the most of it, Thorpe. You're gonna, you know, you've got to have one day, and this is it. All right. <laughs> day in the sun. Anyway, same time, same station next week. Uh, full match commentary on Saturday. Please join us then. And until then, thank you for joining. to Football Bloody Hell on Three Valleys Radio. Thank you.